0: the so this is a long time coming man yes it is it is we're like what 10 months in to when I rolled out the first episode but I think the time is fitting I think it's uh, the right time right now, um, just because there's a there's a whole different climate that we're, I mean we were talking before this there's a whole different climate that we're kind of living in right now, especially for youth. Yes. And um, I mean the world is in a weird place, so I guess you know the timing is right. We're not forcing anything. It just happened to be today. Um, we got the families hanging out, and it's just me and you in my home, dude.
1: Yes, and then we're gonna do this organically.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I want to welcome my uh honestly, the I mean, the way I would describe you is the uncle I never had. Mm-hmm. I wish Indeed. I had other relationships with my with my uncles. Um it didn't happen that way. It wasn't in the plan, but um you became the uncle that I basically spend the most time with, uh hit the golf course together more than anybody else I golf with.
1: Yes, true.
0: And I think we have so many good talks on the golf course um, about life experience, about what you do and how you serve the people. Now, I wanted you on this podcast because your your take on service to others, I believe, is super powerful and it's it's rare nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you. Yeah, welcome, Uncle Tom.
1: No, thank you for letting me be part of you know your your podcast and just you know having this opportunity to finally. You know, just just talk and let's let's yeah. and be real about yeah. what's going on.
0: Yeah. If there's anything that this podcast is, is that it's authentic, genuine conversation about life. And I know it's very scary, it's very frustrating. A lot of things that I bring up on this podcast, it's kind of sensitive, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that's what the world is craving yeah. nowadays because there's so much. I don't want to say like fake, but I want to say there's a, a lot of flexing and facade being put out there. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help anybody And I feel like it's making everything worse Yes Right? So, um, I, want, I mean, I want to start off with um, your upbringing, if anything I know you came here um, to, the, to the United States from the Philippines at a young age mm-hmm. um, Your childhood was pretty rough mm-hmm. I would say, like, your generation um, Coming into America at the time that you did There was a lot of uh, gang affiliation There was a lot of um, violence mm-hmm. I mean, you see the world how it is now versus how you were when you were a youth. Um, there's a lot of differences. I would say, um, I, w- I would start with like, how old were you when you first got here from the um, Philippines?
1: Yeah, I was eight years old when I uh, came from the Philippines. And, um, you know, it's it, it was a different life. Um, you know, I, I still can remember, you know, everything that, you know, growing up in the Philippines, right? yeah um just under like dude we had it all right i mean like here you know um understand like how people have money and all that stuff you know people might have like oh we have our vacation home you know uh you know growing up well i lived in chicago for 20 years when i got married and you know just listening to the kids were like oh we have a lake house you know, well, in the Philippines, we had, like, you know, we owned, like, 800 or, you know. Uh, you guys had, were well off in the yes, Philippines, dude. we, we were well off. The Dormall off. family was yes, well off. we were well off. I mean, you know, we had people <laughs> driving us all over the place, people <laughs> cooking for us, doing our laundry, everything. And then, um, you know, the humbling experiences when we immigrated here in to America, right? And I think like I speak maybe not just for all Filipinos, but for everyone, everyone from wherever country they came from, right? Um, You know, when we talk about like California, you know, we we talk about like all these different families coming from especially like, you know, South America, right? And Mm -hmm. then nowadays, you know, coming from, you know, East Asia, right? For me, yeah, we, we struggled right as a family coming here. We had nothing. You know, I remember, you know, uh, going back to school, um, our, you know, when, when we went and shop was me and my mom, her taking me to Goodwill. And I didn't know that Goodwill was a secondhand store. Yeah. You know, like, no, no one tells you that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, th- that was my childhood. Like, I remember fourth grade, we went there fifth grade, sixth grade, you know, that was normal to you. That was, that was normal, but I didn't know, you know, and then just, you know, like my mom always said like, Hey, you know, I only have this much, you know, well, what, what can we get? And she taught me like how, what, what it means like to really understand, you know, what money is. right so i remember going to goodwill and like i gotta look at like the quarters or the 50 cent ones because i knew this is how much i had left or this this only this is how much she had and then that was it right and i didn't know i still remember um you know like uh you know nowadays especially with me like as a father right you know like i want what's best for my kids and you know, like I remember, um, you know, shoes. Let's talk about shoes, right? Especially for for you know little kids and for guys or for male. Let's talk about you know, dude. We want the Jordans and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, back then Jordan was still playing, That's right. right? So he didn't ha- he didn't make the Jordans yet. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if like anyone else you know understood like what Payless Shoe Source shoe store oh, was, yeah. right? So, um, I remember th- that was the shoes, that was my shoe that I bought, you know, and I didn't know, like, you know, you know, it was either that or we went to JC Penney's. Yeah. You know, and then it was later on when, um, you know, um, my sister and my older brother, you know, like, um, at least they were working and, you know, just trying to help and at least help me out. Right. Cause you're the youngest of, of four siblings. Yes. I was the youngest of four siblings and, You know, like my two older siblings were, you know, when they got here, like, man, you know, our generation was different because, and just think about it, right? Like, let's, let's talk about everything, like how economics plays a, plays a big role in our, especially our generation now, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, who succeeds and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Right. And Honestly, like for me and for my siblings, you know, I mean, what is success, right? Like, is it like, oh, yeah, you're you're a millionaire or is it like, dude, like we have clothes, we have something to eat, Mm. right? But then now in our society, that's not success. You know, the success is when I remember being in the Philippines where you have multiple homes. Hey, it's, you know, it's summertime. Let's go here. (laughs) <laughs> you know, or a vacation, home. Yeah, vacation. Wow. Home. You know, and then, you know, but you know what, honestly, it's, it was a, it's a good experience understanding what we had and what I have now. Right. And then especially when we immigrated here and then going through like, man, what, what is immigration, you know, and then yeah. understanding our fellow brothers and sisters, you know, like that come from, any all the different countries
0: mm-hmm.
1: right let's say even like we talk now about like let's say afghanistan mm-hmm. you know like all, all all these immigrants coming in or the haitians people mm-hmm. right and especially like our our mexican brothers and sisters that are crossing the border yeah dude honestly they, they just want that that life you know it doesn't matter <laughs> you know i understand growing up in the philippines yeah we had everything but i did see like what it means to be poor. Yeah. You know, now you do get to see what it means to be poor, right? Like we see, like we go downtown LA, we see all these these homeless encamp- encampments. That was the norm growing up in the Philippines. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the norm when I was growing up in the eighties and nineties, but then now it's starting to be the norm. You know, and I think like this is where mm-hmm. our young generation were, and they have everything. They have everything yeah. in the power of one device. They can ask Siri anything or Katana, whatever, <laughs> yeah. Google, whatever, right? We're back then with us. I mean, we we're lucky to have a TV and, and, you know, we made sure like we put, um, you know, like all you people that grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about, where we put foil in our tennis so that we can get <laughs> better reception, yeah. right? Yeah. And that was the beauty of it right um think about when we're, we're growing up and in school yeah dude i i got you know now you call it bullying when people like make fun of you mm-hmm. but then honestly back then like all right they made fun of you you had to learn how to funnel that and then bring it back to them flip it yeah learn how to flip it hmm And then you know maybe hey all all you listeners out there you know talking about like when when we bagged on each other right yeah and and then that was it right we we knew like how how to learn to create that that thick skin
0: thick skin yeah
1: and then we're what are you (laughs)
0: seeing now so like you see the generation now and would you say that the generation
1: now has (laughs) a thin skin then thin skin and everyone (laughs) a lot of kids are confused Yeah, Super confused. And then let's, you know, like, let's talk about like, you know, for me as an educator, no matter what, no matter what race you are, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, no matter, right, it begins at home. Are there two parents? Not even if there are two parents, but then there is one parent. And if it's not that one parent, are there two parent households that are really giving their time, right? That quality time with their kid. And now, you know, we see in this generation where we have a lot of kids that are are confused, right? For instance, um, let's just talk about, you know, one of the kids that I'm, you know, like I, I, I get to teach, right? Um, let's just say um, he is a, conf- you know, he is confused, right? Um, he is an eighth grader. And, but then he has learned how to ma- manipulate, you know, the parent. So for instance, first period, right? Like, it's like the early in, like it's at like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You're at school. Uh-huh. The student texts the mom, like, hey, I want to go home. I don't want to be in school. Then what does the mom do? Picks him up. Picks him up. Literally, like school just started. You're you're in school for 30 minutes. <clears throat> and then the mom picks up this student. And I'm like Does she even ask him why? None. Nothing. right i'll be there so that so you know and then that's where we look at like you know like as being like as fathers like like as myself you know um yeah like is it hard sometimes like you know growing up and being a father yeah it is Mm -hmm. but then when you have that first when you have your you know the first time that you you created a child and being part of this you know, being part of the world, Mm -hmm. you know, I think like for me, I understood, you know, growing up, being in the Philippines, coming here, being an immigrant and understanding everything. Yeah. Did I go through a lot? Yes, I did. But then once my son was born and everything changed. Right. And I know my wife always talks about like, oh, you know, you're about to, um, you know, faint and all that stuff. And I think like all you fathers, you know what I mean, right? When when your child was your first child being born, man, like all that emotion going into your, you know, into your heart, seeing that, you know, their beautiful face. And then like, man, there is a life that now I need to make sure that, man, I need to be that person for this life right yeah and honestly you know i was well wow. i got married early you know i was 24 years old and i was the dad at 25 you know which is rare nowadays yes i feel like people aren't getting married until they're
0: older much older
1: yes uh, well because like i think like we're nowadays you know like everyone's just thinking like about themselves because of their career
0: yeah well and i, I okay i can and, speak for that generation mm-hmm. and it's almost like that was that was preached to us mm-hmm to accomplish your goals before you start a family and stuff like that and I, I think back and I, I look at yeah your generation and even my, my parents generation um, they were way younger mm-hmm. starting families and I think of what 20, 21 year olds 20 to 25 year olds you guys were that age starting a family and I know that that was preached to us for a reason right mm-hmm. um, I think there was a, a big push for you know those that had kids already they're like, oh I wish I accomplished this but I feel like it's, a, it's, a too, it's too far of a swing where nowadays people are trying to accomplish their goals and their dreams and a family's not even a thought. Yes. And that's the scary thing for me is that there's people my age that aren't even considering that. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that's wrong, but to, to take on the role of a father, like you just mentioned, when you see your first child, there's so much more that lights me up now to accomplish everything that God plans for me mm-hmm. in this world because of that additional life that I'm responsible for. Yes. Um, but yeah, you, so you got married at like, you said 25? Yeah, I was uh, 24.
1: 20, 24. Yep, and I had <sighs> yeah, my, and my your first, first child trip. at 25. Yeah. Yeah. And right? he's
0: probably listening to this. He's a college mm-hmm. boy now. Yes. He's out in Iowa. Yep. Um, very I mean, proud of him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's, if he's listening to this, um, very stand up guy yeah um a I'll, guy with a good yeah. head on his shoulders and I credit his parents for that yeah thank you yeah it it shows it shows the parenting mm-hmm. right um it's that's a whole different story of how you feel about him going off to college in a different state but yeah. um like you said, starting a family at that at that age it would it, i mean it shifts your whole life yes, and the and, worry the responsibility right
1: yep. and then honestly like all right so at age twenty five when I had you know um that was two thousand. Got married in nineteen ninety nine, right? In December. Yeah. And then he was born December. Okay. And then honestly, like that shifted everything, right? Like, um What was it? What was the shift? Then? So you know, like you had that as a father, like, man, you had to change everything. Like you knew, all right, now I have a priority. Yeah. My priorities have changed, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like um, you know, just just like my siblings and you know like we just wanted to help my parents but then i think like since being the youngest and kind of growing up here you know in in america you know um being here as a third grader right i started school here in third grade and then um you know being the in the educational system for the past year or the next nine years was college ever part of it um no right because of course you know we i mean talk about being documented and undocumented you mm-hmm. know what i mean and i know that's that's a different that that's a different talk yeah but honestly like yeah you know we didn't have i didn't have any papers or anything so my my main thing was like dude i i gotta i, I gotta go and and work yeah you know and i know like maybe a lot of you know kids that i teach who are hispanic and they tell me like hey mr d you know like my parents are you know and i i told them, dude i get it because i was just like you but you know don't don't let that stop you from your dreams you know finish high school and then go to college you know thank goodness well hopefully right it it, it continues there's daca but anyways like but for me you know like um I was a psychiatric technician, so I was in the nursing field, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, when I got married and moved to Chicago, um, you know, I was, like, thinking, like, all right, maybe I'll just, like, you know, keep continuing. But then, like, they're like, well, you, you need to go back to school. So I was like, all right, I'll go back to school, right? And then finally, like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to college. Like, this is it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, man. Like, how old were you then? Um, I was, yeah, I was... 20, 24, right? Well, I was so Drew was newborn then. Yeah, he was newborn, right? Well, 25. Okay. So when he was born, then then during that, well, actually during that year in 2000, that's that's when I finally, you know, um, went back to school. So like that January, so um, I went to a junior college, and then um, and I started my educational experience, right, going to college and everything. Um, So. You know, knowing like, hey, you're gonna to go to a junior college. It's cheaper, right? Well, back then, I mean, it was, yeah, um, thirty five dollars per credit hour. You know, I know now it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then maybe that that can be another podcast, <laughs> but um, you know, just starting out there, right? And then um, getting my A degree, and then I was like, all right, you know what? Maybe I'm, I'm I'll go back into nursing and get my R.N. degree. Um and then I think now I was like oh man I should have <laughs> but then but it's okay right yeah I think like um you know whatever you believe in I think you know I I believe in God and I think God put me in this place and this spot because you know what you've gone through all of these things and then maybe you can make a difference to these kids right and then yeah. I, I and I I I'm trying. I'm trying my best. But anyways, um, you know, of course everything changes and then like um first, you know, like I wanted to be a elementary teacher, right? I was like, oh man, I wanna be like oh, I wanna yeah. teach uh, like fifth grade, you know. And then I remember talking to my counselor and then she was saying like, Well, it's gonna take you like three years. You know, like now, being a dad, like oh man, three years—that's too—that's that's too a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe Damn. this is where, like, I see my parents, you know, instilling that hard work, mm. right, dude? You gotta, you gotta work hard. And I was like, no, nah, you know, that's too long. I want, I want to find something where I want to be done in two years. And then, okay, you know, my counselor steered me like, all right, well, this is it right here. Um, so you know, um, I went and started teaching physical education because yeah i love sports and everything and yeah. as you know right and then um what well, perfect way right and then i remember me growing up being in high school being troubled honestly it was sports was the only thing that really helped me right if it wasn't for sports honestly i, I probably wouldn't be here or probably be in jail
0: you're talking about life lessons from yes, sports
1: yes life lessons and yeah. having that outlet right and i think like this is where like a lot of kids don't understand it like mm. and um and I w- i want to talk to you about it where you know as as educators right we have like what we call professional development yeah and just yesterday on friday we had our professional development right where um you know, kids are off and all the teachers going to school, like go to work. But then, you know, we kind of go through like, all right, what we're going to do as educators, you know, like what, what are the um, things that we need to learn? And, um, one of the assistant principals, right. Um, had like a, made us reflect. There was a student troubled kid, right. Um, You know, like, uh, mom and dad are divorced. Um, Mom and dad are young. I guess they were were young when they had him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, dad moved on. Mom became a drug addict. Uh Just think about it, right? Second grade, third grade, what are you going through? What's going through that mind of this young kid? (laughs) Anyways, um, then this kid becomes, you know, comes to school, He's in my caseload because I teach special ed, and he's in my in my caseload, right? And you know, just trying to help him out and whatever, trying to, just trying to be there and be that person that's gonna help him, right? Yeah. Just like how um, my coaches or whatever have helped me really understand what life is all about, right? Um, but anyways, this kid gets in trouble. Um, goes you know spends uh in what we call an in-school suspension rather than being suspended staying mm-hmm. home right what a lot of kids want to do because if yeah. you're home parents are work you're gonna play <laughs> video draw. games whatever right is that really a punishment yes yeah, <laughs> it's not because honestly a lot, a lot yeah. of kids just you know, I'd rather just stay at home yeah of right course. um but anyways he drew so does the assistant principal asked him to draw who are you like who am I? That was like, like the the simple. Prompt. Th- that was it. Just who am I? Right? Oh, wow. Who am I? So these these are the kids that maybe in that spot, that small pocket of where I am teaching at. But just think about like our our whole country, mm. not just our country, but let's let's talk about the whole world. Yeah, right, but. This kid draws three people, three people and says, who am I? Sister the says, I want you to draw, who am I, right? Who am I? Draws three characters. And two of them, the middle and then the right had faces. The, the character to the far right had a smiley face and had like a little caption. This is who I am. I'm a happy kid, whatever, a love, whatever, uh, Fortnite, you know, all these yeah, kids yeah. at their age, right? 13, yeah. 12, 13 year old kids, 14. And in the middle, there was a frowning. there was a just a face with a frown. And then and with a big question mark as a caption on top. And then the far left one was a person. Just a big question mark in their face. So just think about this kid, right? Yeah. Think about this kid. Went through a lot, right? Um. You know, and and is trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. And then just like the other kid that I was trying, you know, I was explaining earlier were Texas the mom and all right, pick me up and mom picks him up.
0: like i just want to go home
1: yeah i just want to go home and and i'm like thinking like you know just standing there like oh my gosh what is going on that's why these kids are lost they don't know yeah and then me and then honestly and let's talk about being being a father yeah what's the missing piece with these two kids they're missing a father
0: they don't have a father
1: there's no father figure within that household that tells them, here this. There's another student and, you know, that one kid that texted the mom, um, same, right? Divorced parents and everything. Dad just, the, you know, lost communication with her and she's angry. Just angry
0: all the Lost time. Lost communication? What, like he like just, abandoned her? or Yeah, like, just, you know,
1: well, I don't know. Like, I, you know, like, you know, like the, the good thing, like for me as as a special ed teacher, right? Like, because I get to go in and push in into different classrooms yeah, and help not just my kids who are in special ed, but the kids who are in that classroom. Mm-hmm. And I think like this is where, you know, for all you educators out there. It is not about like teaching them this, but it's building that rapport with the kids. Rapport. Yes. Yeah. Because, because wow, honestly, if you build that rapport, what more that those kids are going to do, whatever it takes, whatever you're going to give them, that they're going to continue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and I understand all those educators out there like, well, I got 30 kids and I get it. <laughs> and you're by yourself. I get it. And you know, But anyways, um, and, you know, just think about like that, that being that father figure and not just this kid, but I talk to a lot of kids and that's what's missing. There is, there is no father figures at home. And then um, me and another teacher, we, we have what we call our intervention class, right? It's our, it's a beginning of the day as our first period, we call it our intervention class. And it's just a mix of kids that have a lot of what we call, you know, quote-unquote baggage, right? Mm-hmm. We got females, males in there. We we go through, like, a series of, like, you know, um, not just, like, icebreakers, but it's, it's, like, lessons where we build them up. We, we learn, you know, like, building that rapport with kids. You know, like, honestly, with with everyone right even mm-hmm. with adults yeah sometimes you just want to be heard yeah you know you just want that attention yeah and then that's what people need yes and especially now right going coming coming out from from COVID, you know like our the pandemic and all that stuff yeah. for the year or a year and a half right um and and i think like that that's what not just kids, but everyone, right? Everyone needs that attention. Yeah. Everyone that needs that, like, hey, man, I just don't need someone to listen to me. Right? Yeah. Um, and, but anyways, like you hear like all these stories from all these kids, you know? And honestly, like the common denominator for all these kids, it's either they live with a single parent, Right? Or they live with uncles, grandparents, because the parents had them young. Mm. The parents had them young. They weren't ready. They weren't ready, and you know, um, and then drugs played a part. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's just sad. And then okay, let's say like we talk about like our our single parents, right? Let's say if we talk about our single moms, you know, I, I've I've met single moms that are, man, I'm going to be the dad and, and the mom. mom. Yeah. I'm gonna give them the love of a mom and I'm gonna give them, I'm gonna give them that that real love of a dad. Mm-hmm. Right? That pure love, like, yeah, I'm I'm going to discipline you, but guess what? It's it's out of love. Yeah. Right. And I think like that's where like a lot of kids were now. As a parent, you kinda scold them or get you know, discipline them. Discipline them, yeah. But then they don't understand that dude, it's coming out of love. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But anyways, um mm. you know, and that's that's the challenge, right? Yeah. That's the challenge for not just for our young ones, but for for everyone. That if you are going to start a family and then be part of this world and i know how how easy it is that, that this world can just take you yeah right can just take you and you know as as a man right i mean i mean you know lust is a big thing not just for a man but for a woman also yeah right and then like just just think about like how our society is now where you know, it's everything's all about me. Oh, I gotta look like this thing. Yeah. I gotta look. You know, yeah. I have to, I have to be this. Mm-hmm. And then just look about that kid. He doesn't know. There's three figures in in his drawing, and he doesn't know where he fits in. Yeah, he wants to be this kid, and that was the first person he drew s- smiling, and then the middle person frowning, and then the third person the blank. question question mark question mark on his face right wow and honestly that's what we need to ask ourselves as as a human being as a maybe as a man or even as a young as a woman yeah right and honestly like i I give props to you know all those single moms out there yeah man they're trying yeah and i get it and there are so many that have done it Yes. And they are. And then I think like, this is where I like, and I understand the kids, you know, the kids have gone through things, but there has to, there has to be that. I need to get, I need to show them some tough love tough b- love b- because yeah. if, if I'm going to continue this, then guess what? When that kid grows up, then they don't, they won't understand what it means if they're going to work and be part of our community, be be part of society, and, yeah. then, and then work. And then they'll have an authoritative figure and say, like, nope, you can't do that. And what are they going to do? I think I'm going to Yeah.
0: And then, or like, I, I want to go home.
1: Yeah, I want to go home. No, dude. No, you no. know what? You, you got to roll up your sleeves yeah. no matter who you are. If you are, you know, a woman, a man, and or you are, you know, like... Yeah. It, You are in between. Work is work. Yeah, it is. And then that's why it's called hard work. Yeah. And I understand like, you know, like nowadays where technology has given all of us, right? All of us, that opportunity to make things easier. Mm -hmm. But then you know what? That easiness still goes back to if you want to do this, it goes back to that hard work. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm Mm -hmm. fortunate enough to Mm -hmm. see my parents right just think about it my dad a multimillionaire. you know even my mom not working but helping the people right mm-hmm. living a lavish lifestyle i mean a lavish lifestyle and then coming here and being humbled yeah right my dad having an american um education right yeah i mean he graduated from usc with an engineering degree yeah right and we know that like for every people that live in you know in different countries right because that being um educated in america was prestigious it's either here or you get you know your education in england right yeah those are like the two like known world powers of democracy yeah And only the elite of everywhere, every country in the world, that's where they send their kids.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. And And, and let me just help paint this picture for people because I had that awesome talk with Grandpa Jack about the (laughs) Dormal estate, right? In the Philippines, you guys were well off because he went to America for education. He went back to the Philippines and they had businesses. Yes. Not business. just one. Yeah, no. It wasn't just one farm. It wasn't just a ranch. There was so many like so many agricultural products that the dorm malls had in yes. the Philippines. And like you're pointing out, to have all that, the high education of business and agriculture, he left it all and came to America. And you guys literally started for where a lot of immigrants start yes from the bottom with nothing yes with nothing with nothing honestly i don't know if people can even understand that now like yeah. my generation my age or even younger than me that like we have the opportunities we have the phone we yes. have we have everything everything right? and what you guys were taught especially from your parents was hard work mm-hmm. and with the hard work was thick skin thick freaking skin if someone gave you tough love you don't pout, you don't cower away, you
1: actually work harder. Yes. It was it was like Man. our piece of motivation of like, all right, you know what? Yeah, you know, of course, like if my parents, you know, did I get hurt? Yeah. But mm-hmm. then you know what? I just needed that time to reflect, right? And I think that's where a lot of people like everyone, including myself, that we need to learn how to reflect and just take that time before we react. Yeah. 'Cause we're so quick to judge. Yeah. And it's just like boom. Like if you say something bad to me, like, oh hell you know, like I'm ready to defend myself. Yeah. Right? And then um I've learned this, you know, through yeah. coaching, right? Being a coach, um we call it B C D, right? No blaming, no complaining, no defending. B C D. Blaming, complaining, defending. Yeah. So if I'm coaching, I'm telling you, hey, Jordan, you know what? You didn't block him right. What's the first thing you're going to do? Oh, well, it wasn't my fault. That was the other guy's fault. Dude didn't block either. Yeah, so you're yeah. blaming someone and then you're complaining. And then you're defending yourself. Rather yeah. than, all right, cool, coach. You know what? I'm going to take it and then learn from it. Or, hey, coach, hey, or teach me. Like, okay, what do you mean? Yeah. And, and it's learn okay. It. And I think like that. that's where... Mm. That self-confidence comes in and this is where and i think and and it, it was just my own opinion right my own opinion being an educator for the past 18 years i've seen right um and then we can talk about um was it maslow's hierarchy right mm-hmm. where the bottom part what's the bottom part of that triangle A physiological right? It's the love, the trust. Everything's there. Yeah. Food, eat, right? Like everything's there at at that bottom, that pyramid before then that top pyramids, that the independence of like, all right, man, I'm self-actualized. Yeah. (laughs) Everything's just all like, you know, I can do things all by myself. Yeah. If, if we don't get that base of anything, N- nothing's gonna come back to that second that you second level, level of that, that pyramid, right? You can't level up, yeah. So now, just let's let's talk about like all of our kids, or even all of our, you know, um, young families that are starting, and then that maybe, you know, might think like, oh man, you know, like we we talk about like that lustfulness, like oh man, this this girl's this is late, this girl's hot, or this guy's hot, whatever. But is it worth it? Where you know what? You are going to destroy, destroy, honestly, you are going to destroy your child mm-hmm. because of, of lustfulness or because of being selfish.
0: Selfishness, yeah. And
1: honestly, like, honestly, and, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. And, you know, one of my good friends has done that. Mm-hmm. Too selfish. But then, you know, let's go back to that person's childhood. Yeah, he got his tough love or whatever, but he always came back. And the parents never taught him about that tough love. Mm. They gave him that tough love, but then they always bend. So that's why I'm afraid of that one student where texts the mom and then like mom picks him up. Yeah. No. Because later in life, you know, dude, what's going to happen You're, when your mom is not there? you're at work and you can't call your mom yeah. to pick you up and then i think that that's that's where it is you know and like everyone's like entitled to things yeah yeah don't be entitled you know work hard for it yeah you know because then you know what if i worked hard for something then it's something that where i can as a person i can justify like you don't know no, i i worked hard for this yeah not just because oh i graduated from yale or whatever from ucla it doesn't matter yeah dude earn it
0: yeah it's not the credential it's the growth yeah of the character that yeah. you are now
1: earn it first work hard 100 do, do different wow. things yeah right and i think like and i think like that's where part of our society has has evolved and i get it yeah you know all right just think about like you know i want to be real right mm-hmm. and Think about like all those TikTok stars or whatever, the Instagram influencers or whatever. A lot of those people come from wealth, at mm. least maybe, right? Let's, let's just look at it. Let's say a big majority yeah, of them. Yeah, a majority yeah. of them, right? Yeah. And so it's easy for them. Mm-hmm. And then of course they have the looks and everything, but then what about this type of person or this type of person? That's why like as an as an educator and as a dad and as a parent Mm -hmm. you know and that's what i've been harping not just on my own kids but the kids that i teach because i I always tell them like hey you know what because i'm with with you here at my work i treat you like my kids yeah you become their father yeah yeah. a father figure at least and and then i want them to 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 do the best yeah right but you gotta work hard for it got to work hard for it yeah you know don't don't shortcut things mm-hmm. no let's let's because that's how you build your character as a man as a father if you're you know yeah it is you know and and for me like I was blessed really really blessed to have people in my life not just my parents but others that really gave that time you know, to to acknowledge who I was mm-hmm. and really knew what I was going through.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, and honestly, like that's that's your you know, like your dad. If your dad's listening, um, <laughs> and it is, right? He gave he gave a lot of us an opportunity, an opportunity to change our lives. Right, and of course, there's is there a divine intervention? Yes, mm-hmm. there is. Right, there was. I'm going to tell you that, right? There was. And then what are we going to do with it? And then how are we going to repay it back? Yeah. You know, as an educator, yeah, man, I I do have my ups and downs every day. You know, by Friday, I tell you, <laughs> man, I, I go home and I'm beat yeah. emotionally. Not physically, yeah, but emotionally. Yeah. Because true. every single day I deal with other you know, other families, students. And I give, I give them a hundred percent of me. Yeah. A hundred percent. And hopefully like they can, you know, give that back to me. Right. Yeah. But then sometimes, oh yeah. Are the kids that will make a mistake and then like hurt you? Heck yeah. Yeah. And then honestly, like it was a good thing where we had our professional development yesterday. It made me reflect and made me realize, especially looking at that picture, right? Where there was three images. That's rough, dude. And the kids, that student, they didn't know who they were. And I've been just instilling them. Like, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. People will like you for who you are. You don't have to be this. You don't have to be that. Just be you. Yeah. You know, and then I think, like, that's where, like, you know, just think about it. Like, all right, I get it. People will post things. All right, TikTok. All right, boom, whatever. (laughs) But what's going to happen to all of them within the next five years? Honestly. You go viral
0: for one month. Yeah. And then now, I mean, honestly, yeah, people that go viral, it it goes away. And then all of a sudden, to be... Relevant again, you got to yeah. do something crazier yeah. or stupider yeah. or funnier. Yeah. And then they lose themselves even more further yeah. down the line because they're trying so hard to
1: be someone that pe- they, they believe people want to be. Yeah. Just think Man. about like, dude, all right, I know you love boxing. Yeah. And I know we talked about this. <laughs> dude, just talk about the um the Paul, right? Oh, the Paul brothers. Yeah, the Paul yeah. brothers, right? Yeah. Dude, they're smart. Yeah. Because they're, honestly. They're smart. Yeah. Now, all right, they're getting a Vage. There's maybe they saw a dwindle of followers, but then all right, how are we gonna reinvent ourselves so that we can make money? Okay, but after this, after this, all these boxing stuff that they're doing, what's gonna happen to them next?
0: True,
1: honestly, let's let's talk about what is going to happen to them next because it's interesting right now.
0: Yeah, it's interesting right now, they're challenging like i mean mma fighters but they're also challenging like i mean mayweather who is about money i mean at that point you're right though it's gonna run out at some point yeah. maybe they're gonna make enough wealth that it's gonna last them for their whole life yeah, and, and their families and, whatever
1: yeah, and it's g- g- generations but
0: it, but it's all about that though it's all about riding yeah. the wave the clout yeah of attention yeah until people lose attention and it's not interesting anymore yeah you know i think people are just paying to see them get Knock the F out, dude. Yeah. Like that's no, it the is. Truth.
1: No, it is. And that's what they know. Shoot, honestly, they that, know. That, that's why, like, if I'm gonna pay, like, yeah, I want to see. <laughs> I want to see him get knocked. Honestly, F out, like, dude. I want to see him, like, one of them. Yeah. Like, fuck. Like, hey, <laughs> fight Mike Tyson. Yeah, <laughs> he's sixty years old. Yeah. All right. Yeah. At least fight him. Yeah. And then let's see if you guys can go toe to toe with a sixty-year-old yeah. guy. It's true. Rather than like some wash-up MMA guys. Yeah. Or mayweather and then you're like six foot five and he's five foot five yeah
0: you weigh 190 and then this guy weighs 150. yeah
1: there's nothing yeah if go pound for pound all right you know what
0: fight someone 190. yeah you know let's go cruiserweight yeah and but you're right i think that's the problem nowadays is that everything is easily accessed for one but also you look you look at people that have made millions just by becoming viral um, they're known as that stupid person that made the, the TikTok video five years ago and then they'll always be that guy. Yeah, And they're making millions off of it. Yep. So you get a kid who's... In what grade do you teach? Um, Junior high right now. Junior high, so is it 7 and 8? Yep, 7 yeah. and 8. So in California, that's 7 and 8th grade, they see someone like that. So rather than, like you pointed out, have thick skin, work freaking hard yep. to become somebody that's worth value that you want, that someone else would want on their team, they look at this viral person that just made it easy, and they see that picture as, oh, that, that's the goal then. Yeah. Like, do something stupid online, and then you'll become viral. You, you'll make millions there. Yep. But then the problem is someone that made it that easy then doesn't it. understand how to make it up that hill. Yeah. They're literally dropped at the top of the hill. They don't know how to climb. Guess what's going to freaking happen? Yep. They're just going to freaking roll down the hill. Yeah. And I think that's what society's built off of right now. Yep. I think you pointed out multiple times that there's a pattern of a missing figure in their life, a missing mm-hmm. person who gives them that tough love. And me looking at my life now and how I want to raise Amela and everything. I mean, I look at people like who we talked about, whatever, Jake Paul, TikTok and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. What's your strategy then to protect your kids? Because you have a, a, a son in college. Um, how old is Telly? she's 14 14 and then um garen's nine garen's nine yeah they're in this in this society this community that's growing up with with this as the example of Mm -hmm. success or whatever right on paper money and whatever fame then what is your
1: strategy um that that's a good question right i think that's the million dollar question for everyone yeah but i think like it all depends, right? Of course as as a father, mm-hmm. right? As a parent. And I, and I I you know, I tell not just my three kids, but all the kids that I teach that you got to be better than me. You got to be better than me. You got to you got to. Um, you know, like I know like sometimes like you know for Andrew, cuz I know he's smart. Mhm right and natalie is smart as well and garen is smart they're all right and i think even mella and all the kids that are out there right everyone every all of us right every human being has their their superpower somewhat yeah right and this is yours you know this is yours um you know, I'm still trying to figure out mine. I'm thinking like a box <laughs> sports. But you know, just think about it. Yeah. Others are are musicians, artists, mm-hmm. um, painters, everything, right? That is their gift. They're calling in life. Yeah, they're calling in life. And then, you know, I don't know, like, I know our calling is is somewhat different because our calling is world. And God, right? What can I do to, to be that light, that beacon of light for everyone, mm. right? Because I believe in God. And um, and I'm trying, I'm trying my best every single day to be closer to him. Every single day. Do I make mistakes? Heck yeah. Because yeah. I'm a human being. Yeah. I can never say I'm holier than... Um, yeah, I have. I'm whole, holier, because I have a lot of holes in my life. And the beauty thing about whatever you believe in, right? I know I believe in God, but whatever you believe in, when whatever you're struggling, anytime, anywhere, just pause and then just close your eyes and and call out whoever you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, have I done that? Oh man, many times. Yeah. And then you can just feel that that presence, you know, for me, like I feel like the chills goes through me. And then all right, I knew it. Boom. All right, let's go. You know? Yeah. He God renewed renewed me. And I understand like, you know, religion's a a, a a tough topic for our society nowadays. Yeah. Right? Um, so for my kids, you know, my all these whatever whatever goals I have for them, one is always be better than than me, be better than your parents um whatever your goals are, right, whatever your goals are. Second, have that foundation of of um, your spirituality, right um you know, being Filipino. And, you know, you got to, you got to be proud of who you are. And I think a lot of times, a lot of our fellow Filipinos, we lose that. We lose our culture, not just us, but just think about Mm. our fellow brothers and sisters who are Hispanic, right? Think about those, our two cultures, we are intertwined because guess what? You know, the Spaniards were the ones who kind of conquered our land. They did, yeah. And what was their, what was, you know, their main objective was to spread Christianity amongst our lands. Yeah. But now this is where even 2,000 years ago and then now every single day we battle that. Mm -hmm. We battle ourselves with who i am you know who am i really proud of who i am mm-hmm. am i proud of being a christian or, or am i like, oh let's not talk about god and it's like oh okay you know let's not talk about it because mm-hmm. it's you know and it's okay honestly it's, it's okay um and it's okay to to doubt whatever because what's going on but you need to also look at the big picture, right? Look at the big picture of what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you say like, oh yeah, well, God's supposed to be a loving God, but then how come he makes all these things happen? And then, you know, for, for, for myself is, remember, us as parents, you know, you, myself, and any dads that are out there, or even the single moms that are out there, right? Or single dads, right? You are the first teacher of your child. Yeah. You are the first teacher that they are going to emulate. You're the first person that they are going to love that they're that they are going to have you know, they are going to get disappointed because you yelled at them or whatever. Trust me, I've I've done it. And, you know, um And i'm very proud of andrew i'm very proud of natalie you know very very proud of garen you know for the kids who they are right and then you know that's that's the beauty of innocence because they bring you back to what it is Mm -hmm. and i want to share something to you right like about like one of my students and i was talking to him on thursday and um he's a very, very funny kid, man. Very funny kid. And, you know, um, and he said, like, hey, man, Mr. D, what's what's up? What's wrong with you? He was lately, like, you've been, just been so serious. Mm. You know, what I mean? he was saying, like, man, I miss, like, you know, like the first month we were, like, laughing in here, we we're having fun. And, you know, and then it was, dude, it was perfect. Because, he made me reflect on like man what happened but then honestly then life happened right yeah not just me as an educator but then like remember as as i go home i gotta put a different hat i'll become a dad
0: it doesn't stop yeah Yeah. it
1: doesn't stop then after that wife comes home i gotta be a husband yeah you know all these things and and it just made me realize and then we had a talk um you know and then and like we said because we're you know like we talk about like you know being a father and stuff and he was just saying like Mr. D like you know like my dad abandoned me when I was two years old he lives in Mexico Mm. and his mom you know his mom remarried he has a stepdad and he was saying you know, like sometimes Mr. D, like I wanna have this relationship with my stepdad, but then I feel like I'm betraying my real dad. Right, dude, that's deep. Yeah, yeah. And um you know, it's getting me emotional, but like just listening to him. Listening to him. And you know, like dude, like and that's for any of us for any of us, listen, for any of us out there because of the world, because of our society, it is okay to be, you know, to be divorced or whatever, or let's get married because it's normal. uh, Yeah. Or let's get married because so that we can put in Instagram. Mm. Right, dude, it is not. And then honestly, like, you know, like, being being a husband it is a work in progress every single day you know that's why I like i remember in and i love you know my wife for it i remember when it was you know living in in, in illinois man just think about it right i coach football <clears throat> that's like six days a week i coach then after that we, got, we had like two weeks break. Like we had a two-week break. Then I coached girls basketball. Yeah. And then that took me all the way till like March or end of February. And then there was a couple seasons or a couple years where I coached softball. Yeah. Like I was coaching, being with other people's kids six days a week. And I wasn't with mine. And I remember, you know, um, and one time where, um, you know, I'm very like, you know, I, I love it because I knew, like, I thought like it was my, my part of, giving back, right? And I remember <laughs> coming home, you know, it was like, you know, I had like long nights and all that stuff. Wife, he was late at work because. She had to do, you know, she had to do her job also. And I came home late. And then I still can't I still remember it to this day. Man, it breaks my heart. You know, I come home. Natalie was probably like four or five years old. And she loved all the, the Disney princesses. I remember she was wearing her pink one. Come home, we lost from a team. It was girls basketball season, right? And then we lost to a team where we we, we shouldn't lo- we should have lost. And then I come home, I'm like cranky, I'm tired, I'm hungry. And she comes up, dad, kid. Oh, like, and then she goes... Can you buy me McDonald's? Because I told for God, she didn't get to eat yet. And I snapped at her. And then, um, then. I see my older son, he was probably nine or ten years old at that time, comes up and tries to protect her and takes her away from me. I just stood there, you know, holding the refrigerator. I said, like, man, what am I doing? What am I doing? And you know, and made me realize, like, you know, from that point on, I had to scale back and I had to, you know, be that dad for them. You know, even though I was, if I'm going to be there for 10 minutes of their day, it is going to be those 10 quality minutes. And I understand for all, for everyone that is out there, you know, we only have our kids once, and we have one shot of creating a human being that is going to be part of this society that is going to help and be a good part of our society. Not because they're going to be millionaires or whatever, but they are because in their heart that we've instilled in them the hard work, the understanding of what it means to care for people, to love people for who they are, and then to be proud of who they are and have, and have some type of whatever they believe in. And yes, I do believe in God. And yes, I try to teach my kids every single day who God is. And then, honesty, if we look at our world and our society nowadays, it is. As parents, we need to take a step back. Is it all about me? Because I want to look buff. I want to work out. Or yeah. honestly, man, do I need to spend time with my kids for the two hours of working out or whatever I got? I need to do and just be there with them. Yeah. Because those 2 hours is going to be 8 4 hours, 6 hours, whatever. Because next thing you know your kids are going to be in college. Their kids are going to be in high school. And did I do my best? Did I did I instill what I need to instill in them to be a good person? Yeah. A good human being. That is understanding, that is loving, that is caring, that is hardworking, that is not ashamed of who they are. And honestly, be proud of who you are. You know, and one of my colleagues, right? And hopefully, you know, you'll be here, Zim yeah. Jesus. He sold his soul. He sold his soul to be. <laughs> To be um, you know, you know, think about saved by the bell. Yeah. Remember the Hispanic guy. Um, man, I forgot. Save by the Bell? Yeah, save the bell. Slater? Remember? Slater. Think about Slater. Yeah. You know, he's the Hispanic guy, right? Yeah. yeah. But how he sold himself to be that the jock, person, I like the Jock to be captain who, of the football team. And, and you're not proud of who you are, of mm. being who you are. And then now him, he is trying to instill all of that into the kids that he teaches. You know, be, pr- be yeah. proud of who you are. Because he was stripped of that. And I think all of, you know, whoever, right? Man, honestly, be proud of who you are. The, the, the true person of who you are. Yeah. And I think And it'll take you and it'll ease off that monkey on your back or whatever. Whatever. If you're confused or whatever, take that off. It's okay. You know, it is okay. We are at least now in a society where, dude, you know, we're in a society now where it is okay. Yeah. Yes, maybe a part of our culture or any of the other cultures out there. Yeah, it's still the struggle. But it's getting there. Yeah. You know, it's getting there and it's, and you g- got to look at yourself because if, if all those demons are eating, eating inside of you and then you are re- reverting back of, oh, I'm, I have anxiety or whatever, or because things are eating you inside because then I have to, to self medicate myself. Yeah. Then you become not who you are. You know, have I gone through that? Am I going through that? Yeah, man, I've gone through that. I go through it every single day, you know, and, um, um, and it is. Does it eat me every, you know, do I go to sleep at night? Yeah, I do because I have God in myself, in my life, right? And, you know, I ask him to take all these things away from me and, um, To have all the anxieties of, uh, being a father and you know what? I'm going to work hard because I know I have three mouths to feed, Yeah, you know, and I have a wife that I want to take care of because I love her. And, you know, and, and like what I said, I have the three kids that I want and I want what's best for them. And, you know, and, Yeah. It is part of our society. Yeah. Do a lot of people go through a lot of things? Yes. Yeah. And always, and always revert back now. Like, yeah, man, I am blessed. I, I am, I am truly, truly, truly blessed of what I have. You know, yesterday, um, you know, we were like, you know, just like a part of our icebreaker, you know, of, of our professional development was that, all right, um what's like a personal victory and what's a professional victory
0: Hmm.
1: my personal victory is that because i'm just blessed there's nothing i can say yeah of course i want to be that proud parent but it's okay i got to look at it where man i still need things to work on as as a person, as an educator, where I am in charge of other people's kids' lives, where I want them to be the best person as they can be, yeah, the best version of themselves. Dude, I'm telling you, I am blessed. My kids are blessed. If you have a home, you are eating, you have a significant other, you have a child, you are blessed. Trust me, you are blessed, because there are kids out there, man. They are struggling. Yeah, and that is where, like you know, like oh, I said, like, man, can I still do this for the next, you know, seventeen years of my life? I'm gonna try. I'm gonna ask, you know, God to give me that that energy. Give me that, you know, if this is if. This is his will for me to help those kids to have a better life, to hopefully, hopefully, right? Because of, we all know education is 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 everything, right? Yeah. You get to understand what the world is. Yeah. You, you, you get to open different avenues, different things in your life that you've never been, you know? And man, just think about it, right? For you, whatever, where now you've you know you get to vacation, whatever, but man, I still remember my my youth my summers, you know, and how blessed my kids are were like man, every summer we went through all these things, but you know what and and I attest this to my to my to my parents, especially to my mom, where man. <clears throat> she grinded she worked her tail off yeah i never we've never went to a vacation <laughs> even through this time day she keeps talking like oh man let's go to the grand canyon and we still haven't gone through it but you know what hopefully hopefully by god's grace and you know that we get to take them you yeah. get to spend that time with your parents whatever and build that that memory you know build you know Mela's memory of like man these are my great grandparents because you know i still can remember my grandpa right i still remember just bits and pieces of my grandma but you know my grandma passed away when i was four and just think about it you know my mom lost her parents when she was young, like I think six or seven years old. So she never had parents and you know, and my niece, Gracie lost her dad at at age 11. Yeah. You know, and, and I know my sister, you know, she worked and you know, and hopefully like, and she's still like being that that super, super mom and showing, you know, um, that she's there, um, and all, all these parents that are out there, you know, that are doing and are trying that are probably, um, got hooked up into drugs because the cycle, I always talk about that cycle yeah. and, you know, like I don't, and I try We need to, everyone that's out there, we need to learn how to empower our young kids, empower them about like, man, if you choose this route, all these doors open up to you. That cycle of violence, of being in that low socioeconomic, living in these poor areas, it it, it makes a big difference. And, you know, and having that self-confidence in them. That trying to find love because there's a void. There's yeah. that void because I've never had a father figure. Or maybe my, my mom wasn't there, but then she's trying to be there. And I'm still trying to understand what's going on as a young child. Like that one student is, you know, trying to figure out where there's three of them. He's three. And he doesn't know who he really is. He wants to be this kid. He doesn't really want to be the middle person. And he doesn't know who. And he doesn't know who, he, who they are.
0: I can't even imagine. That's one kid. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how many other kids are feeling that way, where they don't know who they are. There's three people that he believes he could be. Mm-hmm. One that he wants to be. One that he might be. And how he feels, but then one that he has no clue yeah. who he is. And I think what you're pointing out is yeah, there's like the, the home is missing, it might be missing a father, like for the majority. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that problem. And we have those single moms that, that work so freaking hard to be both mom and dad. But then when they're both mom and dad, a lot of them can't spend time at home with the yeah. kids. Mom. So who do they turn to? They turn to the TV, they turn to the social media, they turn to people their age and they look at those as examples and that's the scary part now as a parent because you have to work hard to provide but like you just pointed out you have to be home Mm -hmm. to be that example of how to deal with adversity and struggle and loss and frustration um that example of, of you know when you came home after that loss of the game and then you know you reacted out of nowhere for on your kids that's such a common thing and i've experienced that as the son from a dad and it's it's interesting for me to point out that um you looked up to my dad as you know he was he was um one of the uh, they would say like the um role models or mentors for your age group and um the time that he did spend with you He didn't spend at home with me Mm -hmm. and my siblings, and yeah, we we I particularly found it as a battle to like look for an example. Like, where's my dad? He's such a good example for these young men. He was a mentor to them, Um, but when he was a mentor to you all, he was missing at home, Mm -hmm. and every weekend he would be um, serving a retreat class or um, taking you guys out to a fellowship or something and, and visitation to another chapter of our, our youth ministry. And a lot of people didn't see that he was missing from home a lot. Mm-hmm. I like to acknowledge now even more that um, when I finally hit you know, the late teens to adulthood, my dad was home more. For me to see and understand what you guys always honored him as, um, you honored him as this guy who was, for one, authentic. He was real. He gave you tough love. Mm-hmm. And all I saw when, as a kid was like, all right, he's the disciplinarian, man. Yeah. You know, he was mean. He was whatever. And, you know, and this is me speaking to my dad as I honor the man that he is because I am the man that I am because of him. One thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is that, you know, my father didn't have... He had a father growing up, mm-hmm. uh, but my biological grandfather, was talk- What well, he was dealing with what we're talking about right now. Yeah. He was dealing with the king's disease yeah. of the responsibility of raising a family, the hardship of providing, but also being a good role model, and that stress overtook him there 's guys there's men, and yeah, arguably, like this is why our society is the way it is right now. A lot of men fall to this disease of worry, of stress to provide and to be a good example, and a lot of us can't juggle that, yeah, so he resorted to being abusive to my grandmother mm-hmm. and and my dad saw that, and then you know at, at you know at seventeen, my dad left home with my family. They abandoned my grandfather in the Philippines, they came here. And I was worried. And I look for, for that. And I know that, like, you know, I mentioned in the last podcast that we're judged by the fathers that came before us, unfortunately. Yep. My dad, at this later stage of my life, this last, you know, half, well, the, the previous half of my life right now, was able to show me what it means to be a father. He explained to me that your father was the best example that he got to be a dad, to be the father of the home, to listen to your kids, to to spend time, whether you're tired, whether you're frustrated, to understand that like what you're explaining right now, that these people, that these kids are gonna be people in the future and they're gonna be moving in society and they're gonna model our behavior in society that might have been one vulnerable moment. You know, the King's disease, is that's what I explained. It's like this worry, this constant worry to be the man, the Superman. And some people fall prey to it. We have vulnerable moments like that. But how do we come full circle to the man that is necessary for this family? And that's what's, what's amazing to me is that even if, you know, my dad wasn't around. It was never too late. When he came home, and I I trust this, I entrust this to God, that when he was able to stay home with us and to be that example for us, it influenced me enough to know the type of father that I want to be Mm -hmm. and the type of father that you are. If I want to be honest, Uncle Tom, um, the first time I went to Chicago to visit your family, it was for Garen's uh, christening, Yes, 2012. And at that point I just graduated Um, My nursing school And Gracie as a gift You know Bought me a ticket To go with her to Chicago Because she was She was a godmother Yes When I saw You Operating as the dad That you were back then It taught me And it inspired me To To do everything That I'm doing now I looked at you As the guy That has way too much On his plate But no joke When I was staying At your house You still showed up at, At night and you were still 100% spending time with your family. And I realized you were working the full-time the full day job as the um, you know, as a PE teacher. After work you would do um student driver. Like you would do driving school. You yeah. would teach people how to drive. On top of coaching. And I was like, you know, me, I just finished school so I was like, all right, you know, I'm like I'm enjoying my vacation. To know how much you had on your plate at that time for the three kids, you just had your third at that point. I was like, is that what it takes to be that type of dad? And you know, I I didn't talk to Gracie back then, but I bring it up now, like you were one of the examples of what it takes to be a father. That you, you. yeah, you might put too much on your plate. It might be too much at some point, and you might snap or whatever, but you always pull it back to know. I can't do that and I think uh, um, this speaks to a lot of fathers out there Mm -hmm. who are doing too much who worry about their spouse as the mother of their children you worry about your children you worry about your work that you provide and a lot of men are judged by what they do in life it's not who you are anymore it's how much work you can put forth you were one of the examples that I was like all right it's possible dude you can do three things you could do three jobs and still be home for dinner and have a good conversation with your kids. And um, I don't think I ever got to tell you that. This is back in 2012. And me and Gracie were obviously, you know, together, we were dating, but you know, we got married in 2018. And that's next six years, the next six years from that point, that i saw that and you took me out i I don't know if you remember you took me out um to a a bar and it was just me and you i think you were you were vetting me to see if i was worthy enough for gracie Uh, (laughs) you got me drunk as heck that night Uh but i remember coming home like you know to crash in your basement thinking like how does this guy have that much energy how does he juggle this many things and still be home having fun with his family and I went on a journey to find and discover that. And before, you know, me and Gracie got married, there was a, a couple of years where I was just full force. And that was one of the things that I pulled from. It was an example that I pulled from like, nah, this is what a man does for his family. Um, I'm not worthy because of just being me. I need to, to earn the honor of taking on a future with this woman and starting a family with them i had to prove myself and i think a lot of people in this age like you pointed out earlier is like they think that they just earn that right that i am who i am and i deserve this and i deserve that and you should just love me to be honest with you it's not just developing that thick skin but it's also putting the work day in and day out whether people know it or not and you might inspire Someone that could be potentially your nephew, mm. and you inspired me that much in the past. And this is above all things that I mean. You, I always grew up knowing that you were my uncle's best friends, and you know, I look, I always look up to you guys. But that was the sing, one of the singular moments where I was like, "All right, this is the type of dad I want to be." And whatever it is, you know, like at that point, I didn't know that our future was going to be me and Gracie, yeah. and we didn't have a mela. But I knew whatever I wanted to shape is, whatever I was going to shape, I wanted to be that type of dad. And, you know, it is still that. And I still look to those examples. And I know nowadays in society, the, the, uh, the patriarch is a bad term for some reason. It's like the toxic masculinity mentality. A lot of people don't realize, like, the toxic masculinity that you do see, the, uh, overly aggressive strong person that reacts and beats up people that is not the patriarch the patriarch is what we're talking about right now the sincere heartfelt hardworking, quiet understanding empathetic man that no matter what you're harder than you're harder on yourself than anybody else could be and i think one thing that you just said that that my dad always said was If you are not better than me, then I failed as a father. I look at Amela and whatever children I have in the future. If we don't make them better than us, why were we even their father? Yeah, That's our responsibility in life. Mm -hmm. Now, it does, I mean, it takes a lot to provide, but also to be home, to show a good example, to allow them to be, to see that example, to be better than us. It takes so much. And that's what I call the King's Disease. To, be, to build and to manage this beautiful, heavy kingdom, it takes so much out of you yeah. that no one even knows. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think this speaks to all the fathers out there. And that's why this King's Disease series is so, for me, is something worth it. Is that it, I wanna bring back that family <laughs> because you're pointing it out. Like you work with kids that are missing something. They're missing, um, yes, the single mom can provide that. They, yeah, can, pr- they, they can, can be, it's possible, it's happened. I know a lot of people that grew up with single moms, but they might be doing so much that they are missing that element of being present, of being that tough love for that kid. Honestly, the, the way society is right now, I don't wanna say, I don't wanna just say like, it's a blanket statement like, oh, they're weak. They're, they're missing something. And I I honestly want to start, not. I mean, maybe, you know, not me, but there might be a wave of reinstalling that that nuclear family. I think we've always talked about on the golf course that, um, you know, I understand everyone has different faith and everything. But um, one of the messages in Fatima was the last battle on earth for humanity, the last battle for the lives of man is the battle for the family.
1: And honestly then that scares me dude. Yeah, because honestly, you, you look at it it is now, right? Yeah. Like all all the examples I give I've given you, it is. And I think like that that's the challenge, right? That's scary. Yeah. So man, you know like one thing that I I remember you know like what your grandma taught us um just having that balance, right? Yeah. Balance. Remember that. Balance. Balance of all right, here's my work, here's my extracurricular stuff, like whatever extra side job, whatever you're gonna do, can I handle it? But before you even do that, you gotta ask, right? Ask if you're married, you gotta ask that's your significant other. Mm-hmm. Will it be okay? Yeah. Okay. When you juggle everything is man can you do it can you be that that co-worker that husband that father that brother that son all the different hats yes everything and including whatever you do whatever you do you gotta learn how to put all those different hats and remember the most important thing is that home life yeah if that home life is okay and every all everyone in that home is okay what would you, what you're doing and that you're giving every single person in your life that you love that quality time then guess what then do it cuz that you know what that's motherfucking hard work that's hard work. That's what multitasking is all about. Mm. And I think a lot of us have lost that because we are afraid to go to to do that. We are afraid. Mm. And then if you're afraid, then you know what? Be the societal norm. Yeah. Be that. Be that afraid. But if you have everything, you have everything. I mean everything that means you have your family, you love your family, you love your wife, you love your kids, you love what you do, and you know that you're giving something out, and especially that you know when times are going to get tough, do I know who I'm going to talk to about it? Do I have people, people that I can trust? That I can talk to. That I can talk about this specific thing. And then then do it. If you don't mind, who are those people for you? Well, my number one is my dad. Right? Yeah. And honestly, the other things are... Work. Find your work partner. Yeah. Find that colleague that you... Both of you have the same things in common Mm -hmm. same you're willing to listen to them and they're willing to listen to you Mm -hmm. and then that you will never break that trust by talking like like, oh man you know this guy told me and (laughs) tell people spread their business yeah yeah no you take that to the heart and that's what i learned from my dad that's what i learned from grandpa jack if someone's gonna talk to you never ever say anything to anyone you honor that i honor that yeah it's that's right and and like think about as being married it is trust that you're gonna trust your wife trusts you and then you trust your wife that it's going to be you yeah until the end yeah till death do us part because if you got married and they're like oh well let's have the divorce, then guess what you never, you, as a man, never made it a point. All right, I gotta learn how to meet you halfway. Don't let your pride ever get to you. Mm. Learn how to how, learn how to swallow that pride. Mm. Right? Learn. You gotta learn. Make adjustments. Yeah, because guess what? If you swallow that pride, it's gonna make you less of a man. No. No. It's going to make you a better man because you know what? I did that for, you know what? For my relationship, my saneness, whatever. And I communicate it with my my loved one. Mm -hmm. You know, my significant other. Because if you're going to let your pride take over and you're going to let like whatever little thing's going to separate you because oh no, I believe in this, whatever. No. Because guess what? Whatever kids you have those are the kids that are going to be affected. It's true. You want those kids to be drug addicts and whatever. And the broken home. Yes, the yeah. broken home. Yeah. And then, like what you were saying, right? And I give your dad my, you know, a lot of parents that juggled so many things. But then, as a son, as a son, you need to learn how to reflect why your parent did that why you need to learn that makes you a better man because if you're gonna like no because they were never there for me no learn yeah because guess what what if you're not there for your kids yeah yeah then how are you gonna how are you gonna do that how are you gonna rebuttal oh because dad wants to do this Dad wants, and I never had time for me You got to take a step back, lower your pride down, and see the big picture. What can I learn from it? Because every single day of our life is a learning moment. Yeah, It's going to make you, myself, you, everyone else, whatever, whatever it is, even a student calling you out, Mr. D, why are you always pissed off? Why not funny anymore, then you need to take a step back, yeah, and realize, man, what am I? What's going on in my life? Yeah, let me let me hit that reset button. Let me, all right, reevaluate, <laughs> yeah, let's where I'm at. All right, where I'm at. Am I too? This is too much. What's going on? All right, you know, and then that's just it. And you know what, being father yeah man you gotta put all those different hats on yeah, and then it's going to make you a better person a better man a better father Yeah, because you know what i can put all these hats on i can make it work
0: yeah and i'm still gonna fucking show up yeah for my kids yes
1: everything for my yeah, wife the, 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 for the, my the, work i'm gonna show yeah. up did i make a mistake yes did that one mistake of yelling at Nelly and made me realize, oh, hell yeah. I need to step back and then own it as a man. Oh, man. And apologize to your fourth, you know, five year old kid that I fucked up. Swallow your pride. Yeah. All right, let, let me, what can I do? Don't buy him shit. <laughs> well, buy him stuff. <laughs> But then, honestly, you need to hold. Well, yeah, you need to hold your kid. You need to embrace them, and you need to tell them that I love you before anything else. Before anything else, and you need to tell them I am sorry. Yeah. I am sorry. Yeah, I love you. I am sorry. Just and then just hold them as tight as you can, so that they can feel that love generate through your body and you're giving it all that they feel that love from your body that all your energy is going through them is going to going through your body to them that i love you i messed up i'm so sorry because saying i'm sorry and then trying to whatever no kids know it and they'll call your bullshit yeah
0: they'll
1: call your bluff and then that's where and honestly, that's where your tough the whatever, where your kids start rebelling on you. That's where it happens. They that's won't even feel. They won't even no. acknowledge your tough Be, love because they know, they know. Well, kids know because they did. Now at that point, they lost some respect yes. for you. Yep, because like, oh, okay, mm. you're just gonna pay me this. All right, all right. Then guess what? Mm. All right, I'm just gonna. Hey, all right, I'll act this. And then I'm gonna, All right, hey, can you buy me this? Okay that's it Mm. oh man remember we are the first teachers we teach our kids everything everything whatever you want to teach your kids you are the first teacher and never ever 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 be ashamed of who you are yeah never never you gotta teach them if you want to teach them about your faith teach them about your faith
0: and you better fucking live it
1: yeah yeah and then do it and then do it (laughs) funny thing is right Um, my kids call me out like you know like uh, when I was in living in Chicago you know I just to take the edge off I would grab a drink I never hurt right maybe all year I never hurt you whatever but the kids always see they watch. They watch. They, they see watch everything. You, they see you. Um, it's beautiful. My, I love my daughter. She is my queen, my princess. I remember she was young when she was, you know, um, she knew. I was like, hey, tell, can you grab me a beer? She knew, like, Dad, the mountain ones? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> She was, as crew's liar, right? Yeah. yeah, she knew. Yep. It. She will grab. But it was funny thing is, she didn't grab one. She grabbed me too. Because she, she knew, like she knew, she like it's did. gonna be done. Boom, whatever, <laughs> right? And that's how funny she is, and that show, you know, she she captured my heart. She captured my heart, and um, and, and even now, and then this is how like the your other kids come in. Yeah. Um I remember you know, just moving in, remember, like, you know, we just moved in I moved here twenty nineteen. Yeah. And then, you know, I took my whole family away from their home for their whole life. Yeah. And moved them here. And I know it's the same the journey that my, my parents did. And when I was young, you know, I was still eight years old, so to me it was like, Oh man, this is awesome, right? But I never knew like how my my, my older brothers or my older siblings felt, you know, and then moving. I always talked to my brother John because you know he was the oldest, and he was seventeen, eighteen years old when he came here, and I was the same age as Andrew,
0: mm.
1: and you know, and um. But anyways, I was having a drink, and then and Nelly calls me out, Dad. He drank all the time. And Andrew goes, no, he doesn't, you know, like, you know, she's trying to make fun. And I know it's, it's out of her love because she loves me a lot and she knows she doesn't want anything to happen to me. She goes, dad, you're drinking, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. and,
1: um, and here's Andrew like, no, he's not, you know, but there it is. You know, your kids see what, whatever you do. Yeah. And that's the challenge for all of us. That's the challenge for all of us dads. Think about it. You need to learn how to reflect. You need to learn how to look back at your whole life. All right, where I'm at now, where I was at before, where I'm at now, and what is the future going to hold? You know, are you gonna, are you going to, (laughs) yeah, I know we all have, trust me, we all have our, our dreams, our aspirations. I, I had it, you know, but there's other bigger things than that, than making money because money doesn't solve everything. Your time with your wife, your time with your kids are more valuable than taking them to any exotic place in this world. anything that five minutes with them every single night every single night and I remember that night when I yelled at Natalie I was crying my wife comes home and I confessed to her I was crying because I, I was feeling like like, shit. like what am I doing and seeing my son being being that older brother, I love it. Thank you, Andrew, for being that protecting and took my daughter and made sure that he's going to protect her, you know, no matter what. And I just sat there and I reflected and I just, you know, and I and I poured it out to my wife and communicated with her. I communicated with her what I did. And she's in, that resonated with me for till now. Just please, I know you, I'm letting you, I'm letting you do whatever you're passionate about. Please, at least, at least give 10 minutes of quality quality time with your kids can you please give them that I understand that you're trying to provide for our family being the king of our family but money doesn't buy happiness fathers who are out there it doesn't it really really doesn't I've lived it I've been there I've I see it every day with my the kids that I teach and I know if we can keep going on but honestly fathers who are out there let's do that that's our that's our that's our goal that's our calling in life yeah let's spend quality time And Learn how to balance your life with everything that you do For instance, like you know, like I know my wife gave me that you know that 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 opportunity to fulfill My passion of coaching, but then We made it a point. We made it a point and I made it a point as a husband that at least once a once a month right once a month once a month that it was our date night and i i provided everything i made sure that i got you know everything covered mm-hmm. and then i just told my wife hey this day it's our date night everything's covered don't <laughs> worry about it just look pretty Let's have some fun, spend quality time with you, and just, you know, like, learn and keep continuing to love your wife, to make it romantic, to, you know, to, like, I don't know, in the (laughs) Filipino court, court that person, Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever,
0: (laughs) you know what I mean? To be there for your queen. Yeah. Because she has her own responsibilities. Yes,
1: it is. Because then if you two are good, then that that life, that home life that you're providing for your kids is good. Yeah. It is good. Not good, but honestly, it is great. It is great. (laughs) I like what I said. Don't ever, ever, ever be embarrassed of who you are culturally, number one. And if you've whatever you believe in whatever ever you believe in teach that to your kids teach it why remember that right why why do we go do this why do you do that and then ask yourself why ask ask yourself so that you can further explain it yeah go deeper never ever scratch the surface yeah you are as a father and as a teacher, you need to be a scuba diver. You're not a water skier. You are a scuba diver. You are going to teach them. And then that's how your kids, hopefully my kids are learning, using this, their, their minds, their heart. How can I go deeper? How can I reflect? Rather than being hurt all the time because my parents were never there. Teach them, teach them to go deeper.